Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. We are, uh, we are actually kicking off a brand new series today called Mixtapes. And, um, and if you're wondering what that is, is, you know, anywhere you read in the Gospels and in the Bible, you read about Jesus and how Jesus spoke in parables. And the disciples would actually ask Jesus this question. Why do you speak to people that way? And Jesus' response to that was, he said, because you are with me, you know my ways. Because you are with me, you understand the way of the Father. But those that don't know me, this is why I speak to them, so that they can understand a little bit better. And so today, we are kicking off a new series called Mixtapes, where over the next three weeks, we're going to be taking secular songs, singing them, and pulling out some biblical truths of those songs. Come on, today we heard a little bit of roar from our very own Megan, Katy Perry, who? That's all I got to say, Katy Perry, who? By the way, she was not lip singing. That's pretty good if you ask me. People after last service, they said, uh, was she lip singing? I said, no, she was actually killing it. I think she did better than old Katie. But um, I want to read these lyrics to you um, because a lot of times when we hear a song, we can begin to just listen to the beat of the song, kind of get carried away and caught up in the excitement of the song, that we're not really listening to the lyrics of the song. And so I want to read you a few of the lyrics. It says, I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath, scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I sat quietly and agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fall for everything. You held me down, but I got up, already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice, you hear the sound, like thunder gonna shake the ground. You held me down, but I got up, Get ready, because I've had enough. I see it all. I see it now. I've got the eye of the tiger. Come on, if you're taking notes today, basically what we're going to be addressing and talking about today is temptation. And if you're taking notes, I've actually titled today's message, A Way Out. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, there's a way out. There's a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, it says this, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, I, was, I remember um, as I was writing this message and really thinking about it, um, I was remembering about when I was in middle school. Listen, when I was in middle school, I'm going to let you know right now, I was a stud. <laughs> I was a stud in middle school. Why I had it going on? I grew every inch of who I am today. I grew in the sixth grade, and I stopped growing from then on. <laughs> so, like, I was the largest kid in middle school, and... Um, not only was I the biggest kid in middle school, I had my driver's license um, with my own vehicle in the eighth grade. Come on, how many of y'all know I was a stud? I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be, you know, proud for anything. When I was, I was. But when I was in middle school, um, we, we, I was on the football team, and part of what we did on the football team, 
during the day, we would have our weight training. And so the middle school students and the high school students, we would go in the locker room and we'd begin to do this weight training. And then after school, we would actually have our practice. Well, so, so weight training, what we would do is we went to this, this specific day that I can remember. And what we were doing on this day is we were doing these things called a burnout. A burnout. If you're not familiar with a burnout, it's basically when you take light weights and you do as many reps as you possibly can. Well, because I was probably one of the strongest kids um, there, um, they set me up with um, doing just the bar. <laughs> I mean, I was strong, guys. I had the bar. Boy, I was working it. I was working it. And I had the bar, and so I, I lay down on the bench, and as I lay down on the bench, um, I, I begin to do these reps, and, and here I am, no problem, everything was good, and I, I, it's like I had everything good until I got to 10. At, at about 10, the bar started to get a little bit heavy, and so I had this spotter behind me, and as that spotter was there, he would be there just in case I couldn't go anymore, and so I got to 10, and by the time I hit 11, that bar was extremely heavy. Felt like it had 300 pounds on it. But I'm sitting there and I'm doing the bar where the spotter's there and he's beginning to say, oh, you got this? Come on, anybody, anybody ever work out with a spotter? Oh, you got this. It's all you, Charles. It's all you. Come on, baby, you got this. One more, one more. I mean, he's like repping me up, right? So I'm there with the bar. I mean, I'm 11, I'm 12. I get to 15 and I can't feel my arms. That spotter, he's, he's under the bar and he's telling me, Charles, it's all you. It's all you, Charles. It's all you. You got this. And I'm like, no, nah, dog. That's all you. I'm just hanging on for the ride. You know what I mean? He's pulling the bar up. I'm like, yeah, baby. Let's go to 100. You got this, Charles. You got this. Well, by the time I get to 17, 18, my arms are so jelly, it, they just fell off the bar like an old bold noodle. Just limp all the way down there, hanging off the bench with a spotter. He's not watching me. He's literally just, come on, Charles, that's all you, baby. It's all you, it's all you. Didn't even know I let go of the bar. Bro, that is for real you. You know, I, I think about that story and here's the reality and the reason why I tell you this story is that you can be strong for a while. Come on, you can be strong for a while. When temptation hits you, you can be strong for a while. You can even be strong for a season. Man, I got it. Everything's good. But eventually, if you're not ready and if you're not prayed up, you will find yourself giving into temptation and giving into your thoughts. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I find myself always going back to the same temptation. You know, I don't know about you, but for me, it's not like one day I have this temptation, and this day I have that temptation, and this day is a different temptation, and then the next day it's another temptation. For me, it's like it's the same temptation over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the world can I not beat this temptation? Why can't I overcome it? Why won't it leave my thoughts? Why won't it leave my mindset? Why is it that it is just this one in particular thing that's just constantly revolving in my head? So I don't know what it is for you or what temptation you may be dealing with, but I'm just thinking to myself, why 
can't I stop this? Why won't these thoughts just completely stop? Why won't it give up? Why won't it give me a break? Change to something else. And this is what I've come to realize is that we are often weak because we haven't bonded with what makes us strong. Come on, we're often weak. We often fall into temptation because we haven't bonded with something that actually makes us strong. Bruce Alexander, as I was studying this, I came across this story of Bruce Alexander, who was a professor of psychology in Vancouver. He did this study on addiction. And in this study of addiction, he, he basically, um, he took a cage and in the cage, there was nothing left in the cage except for two bottles. One bottle was actually uh, just normal water, clean water, and the other bottle was laced with cocaine and heroin. And over a period of time and over uh, uh, hundreds of rats, he found out and came to the conclusion that 100% of these rats began to overdose and die because of this bottle of heroin and cocaine. After that, he thought to himself, man, I've I, I realized that there's a problem in this study. I realized that I'm missing something. There's, there's something that I'm missing. I gave them two options, but there's something wrong with this study. And after realizing that there was a problem with that, what he did was he, he began to build a different cage. He realized in the first cage there was nothing else that the rat could bond with, and so he built a separate cage, which he basically built this Disney World for rats. In this cage, it had all the spinning wheels. In this cage, it had all the tunnels. In this cage, it had all the toys. It even had cheese in the tunnel for the rats to go into these tunnels and find the cheese. And what he also did was, when it was a rat, it was a single rat doing all of these things, he actually put, put a different rat of the opposite um, sex in this cage, and those rats begin to do a little ratty things, if you know what I mean. He did this study. He created a different environment. He created a different opportunity. He created a different way for these rats to bond to something. And after this study, he realized and he was blown away that before 100% of the rats overdosed and died because they were drinking of this poisonous water. And then in the next cage, he realized that 100% of the rats that were in this cage did not overdose and did not die. What did he come to the conclusion of? He came to the conclusion that without the right influences, we are weak. But when we bond with the right things, we're not vulnerable to the wrong things. So how do we begin to live a life bonding to the right thing? Come on, how do you and I walk through this life? How do you and I go through this life bonding to the right things? If you're taking notes, the first thing that we need to begin to bond with is that we need to begin to feed our spirit with prayer. Feed our spirit with prayer. Did you know that just like exercise, that it makes your body stronger? See, it, it, it begins to build your muscles up and makes your body stronger. I hate exercise, by the way. I, I can't stand it. 
I, I, I just want to vomit every time I think about it. My son, who uh, is going to school this year um, at, um, I don't even remember where he's going to school, at St. John. He's going to school there. He came home one day and he says, hey, Dad, um, I signed up for the cross-country team. I'm like, bro, are you even related to me? Cross-country? I pick him up from practice and I'm like, hey, uh, how was practice? He said, oh, Dad, it was awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, what'd you do? We ran five miles. I'm like, five miles? Can I check your temperature? I am proud to announce that I started doing some exercise and I started doing push-ups, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of this. Can you tell? You know? Started doing some push-ups. I'm 43 years old, and when I started doing push-ups, I could only do 15. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Are you even a man? Yes. I could only do 15 push-ups. But I'm happy to tell you today that today, come on, I went from 15 push-ups, I can do 100 push-ups now. 100 push-ups. They're not all at once. <laughs> Spaced out a little bit, you know. In a 24-hour span, there's 100. But I'm there, baby. I'm there. Listen, just like exercise can make your body stronger, prayer makes your spirit stronger. It makes your spirit stronger. That you and I have to realize that, man, when we begin to pray to God, it is actually strengthening our spirit. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 26, it says, watch and pray. Hey, hey, y'all need to just watch. You just need to keep alert. You need to begin to watch and you need to begin to pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever gotten to a point in your day where in your mind you're thinking to yourself, you're like, man, I know that I don't need to be doing this. I know I don't need to be doing this. I know I don't need to be doing that. Watching this, hanging out with them. I know I don't need to be indulging in this extracurricular activity. I know I don't need to be doing this, Lord. I just, I know. You know that's the Holy Spirit telling you something? Just letting you know, hey man, listen. You don't want to go down that road. But then on the other side of it, if you're anything human, you know your flesh is like, oh! Bro, let me just tell you right now, it's going down today. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is telling us, hey, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Did you know that prayer is a great weapon for temptation? Prayer is an amazing weapon for temptation. People will tell me all the time, oh, Charles, man, I just fell into temptation. I'll ask them, hey, what happened? What's going on? What's the deal? Man, I just, I was just weak. I just fell into temptation. I just, I just messed up, Charles. I, I messed up. I really messed up. Do you know I've never had a conversation with anybody that says, man, I just, I just fell into holiness. <laughs> Man, it was a great day. I just fell into holiness. I just tripped into righteousness, Charles. It was amazing. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Jesus is having this conversation 
with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane at this time. He knows, man, he knows something is about to happen. This is right before he is arrested and he is crucified. And he's telling the disciples, wake up. Wake up, guys. You have to begin to pray so that your spirit is strong and your flesh doesn't dive into temptation. Right after this, moments after this is when the guards come in and they begin to arrest Jesus and Peter pulls a sword trying to kill a guard. He knows. He knows that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You may be thinking in your mind right now, but Charles, you have no idea. You, you have no idea how hard it is for me. You don't know the temptations I deal with. You don't know about whenever, whenever I go to bed at nighttime, man, I lay my head down on the pillow and my, man, my mind just starts going. You, you have no idea this, this, this drive and this inner turmoil that I deal with every single day. Charles, you have no idea. You don't know of this, this desire that I have, this inner turmoil, this, this demon on the inside of me that is trying to overtake me. Charles, you have no idea. Can I be honest with you for a moment? I know exactly what you're going through. I have the same temptations you do. I have the same desires you do. I struggle with the same things you do. My struggle right now might not be the exact struggle you're dealing with, but I know the temptation. I know the desires. I know the, the, that, that just that, that feeding on the inside of you that's like, man, I just want more. I just want more. I just want more. I understand the temptation. But you got to understand this, that prayer is a weapon for temptation. Prayer is your weapon. And it doesn't mean that we have to go and we just have to get down on our knees just kind of in the middle of the room and just get on our knees in this special place in the room where we're like, God, I need to carve out the whole day. I need to say the right thing. I need to, I need to quote the right scriptures. I need to do all of this. It, it doesn't mean that you have to get down on your knees for two hours and pray. Prayer is a weapon against temptation. No, all that means is that throughout your day, you're able to walk around and you're able to have a normal conversation with God just like I am having a conversation with you. Just like you can have a conversation with me. Charles, man, I'm struggling about this. I don't really know what to do, but I just need to get it off my chest. I just need to tell somebody. I need to expose it. I need to, I need to have a conversation with, one, with, with somebody. I need somebody to help me through this. Prayer is just having an honest conversation with God. God, I don't know, bro. I just, I just don't even know. I don't even know how to make it through this day. God, man, this is really messing me up right now. I'm not really sure how I'm going to make it without stumbling and without struggling throughout my day. God, I need a little help. Give me the grace for the day, Lord. Give me some peace. Give me the strength. Help me through this. Prayer is simply having a conversation to God. Because here's the thing. Temptation may be strong, but prayer is stronger. Prayer is always stronger. 
Prayer will always outbeat temptation. Why? Because it's the very living spirit of God. We have to know that God, just like I read in a minute ago, we have to know that throughout all temptation, throughout all things, God won't give you more than you can bear, but he will also, also, everybody say also, provide a way out. Do you realize that if you're watching something, the way out is the off button? Do you realize that if you want to drink or you're struggling with addiction, do you know your way out is the door? There's always a way out. But it goes back to the scripture. Our spirit is willing. God, I want to do the right thing. But my flesh is weak. My flesh is weak. So how do we begin to build up our flesh? The second thing is this. Is that you have to feed your spirit with God's word. Feed your spirit with God's word. David tells us in Psalms, he says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By, accord, by living according to your word. How do we stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands because I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Did you know this, that the word of God is the only offensive, uh, the only offensive weapon that we have to fight the enemy? The word of God is the only offensive thing as a weapon that we have to fight the enemy. When the Bible says to put on the full armor of God, basically what the Bible is telling us is he's saying, okay, I need you to put the belt, uh, the belt of truth around your waist, also to hold your pants up. You know what I'm saying? Put on the belt of, proof, uh, of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the shoes of peace. Put on the shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation. But also... Put on the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the living God. It is the thing that we can fight with. It is the thing that we can stab. It is the thing that we can help, help defend the enemy with. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, Jesus knew the word. Satan knew the word. But Jesus knew the word where he could combat what it was that the enemy was trying to get him to do. The enemy would look at Jesus and say, hey, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus' reply would say, it is written that man shall not live off of bread alone. The enemy would come up to Jesus and get, again and say, hey, throw yourself off of this temple. Jesus' response is, it is written. Do not put the Lord God to the test. The enemy would come to Jesus again and says, hey, bow down and worship me. And then Jesus' response was, it is written, worship and serve the Lord God Almighty. See, I think a lot of us in this room, we have to understand that we have the power and we have the authority to combat what it is that the enemy is trying to tempt us to do. We have to understand, it is written. It is written. It is all on the inside of us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. It is written. But Charles, I, don't, I, I can't remember scripture. 
I just, for whatever reason, man, I have a hard time remembering scripture. I have a hard time thumbing through my Bible and remembering these passages. I would, I would kind of beckon to say that that's untrue. We can all remember the new Taylor Swift song. Ouch. We can all remember the new uh, Morgan Wallen song. Come on, we can all remember the lyrics to all of these songs. For, so for us to say, I can't remember scripture, I would have to push back on that a little bit because here's the reality. You remember what you value. You remember what you value. And we have to come as a people and we have to value the word of God. We have to know, man, I'm sick and tired of being pushed around. I'm sick and tired of being beat up. I'm sick and tired of being tempted. I'm sick and tired of being tormented. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I'm going to begin to push back with the word of the living God. And so when the enemy comes and we begin to think, man, I just don't have the strength. I don't have the power. We can say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When we're walking throughout a day, And we just can't see the other side. We can't see through the storm. We can't see through the clouds. We can begin to say, man, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. If he did it once, he'll do it again. We have to begin to walk through our day. When we are at our weakest moment, we can say, man, when I am weak, he is strong, that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. We have to understand that God is faithful and he will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are, he will provide a way out. This is why we're doing 21 days of prayer right now. I don't know if you've been following it. We've been talking about it. We said it last week and the week before that we're in this this week. We just finished week number one of 21 days of prayer to where we're trying to give God our first 15. That's why on our podcast, on our Revo Church podcast, on Spotify and Apple, you have a 15 minutes that we have spent over two months making so that it's easy for you to spend time in God's word. You can hear the scripture. You can hear a devotional. We walk you through prayer. It's why we're taking 21 days to pray to God. And why do we do that? It's because we also know that during the summer, a lot of times we as families or individuals, we go off and we take vacations. We begin to do all of these different things. And, and, and here's the truth is that when we go on vacation, so does God. Can, can I just be honest? When we go to the beach, a lot of times we kind of just put God on a shelf and just say, man, I'm just checking out completely. I'm checking out from all of this stuff. I want to take a break from it all. So we want to make sure that we are realigning ourselves back to God, that we're realigning ourselves saying, God, I'm going to give you my first. I'm going to get strengthened in prayer. I'm going to get strengthened in your word. 21 days of prayer. If you haven't done it, I want to encourage you. Get on it and the third thing is this and the team can come on back up the third thing is this is that even though we have all of these different things we have the shield we have the breastplate we have the armor of God on us when we talk about the armor of God the armor of God is the only thing it protects our front 
It's, it's, it's to protect us from the front so that we can see the attack. It protects us from the front. But here's the truth, is that we have nothing on our backs. And so how do we protect ourselves through this? Is that we have to feed our spirit with the right people. We have to feed our spirit with the right people. I don't know if you've ever like, you know, maybe you've been in combat or maybe you've watched combat movies or, or shows or different things like that. You always have someone on the back with an arm on the shoulder or kind of just looking uh, on the opposite direction. Why? Because the fighter is looking one way and the helpmate is looking another way. It's saying, hey man, I got your back and you got mine. I want to make sure that your back is covered, your back is taken care of. 1 Corinthians 15, it tells us this. It says, do not be misled that bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. It's the old school saying probably your mom used to say all the time, hey, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Come on, some of you are itching today. Scratch, scratch. Bad company corrupts good character. Who you hang out with will determine how you live your life. <clears throat> Being with the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. And that's why we talk about it all the time that we have to live in a Christ-centered community. That's why we try to create avenues. That's why we're doing uh, these these. Um, socials that we're going to be doing next Sunday night so that the whole church can come together and hang out with one another so that the whole church can come together and we can begin to build a relationship so that when you're struggling and when you're going through something and when life is a little bit hard for you guess what you have someone to lean on it's a Christ-centered community you realize that I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for some individuals in my life years ago? That when I was struggling with addiction, when I was struggling trying to get my life right, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't even know where to go. I stumbled into a church and there were two individuals there that welcomed me in, busted up, looking ahead, blue hair with white tips. Come on, that was crazy looking. Camo shorts, didn't know anything about anything, just stumbling in, just knew that I needed something to change. And these two individuals, they helped me. They helped put me on a path. They helped introduce me to Jesus. They helped kind of navigate my life. And I'm not saying it changed overnight. I'm talking it took some years to get it all right. And it's still not all right. But it took some people in my life to help introduce me to Jesus and get me on the right path. Listen, even today, even when I gave my life to Christ, I was pastoring at a church. I was, I was living my best life. And then I came to a season of my life that I wasn't living my best life. Depressed, suicidal, going through the hardest seasons of my life. Listen, it took some individuals because I had lost all hope for life. But it took some people to say, listen, man, I know you may not be able to see the other side. I know you may not be able to see through this cloud right now, but there is hope and hope's name is Jesus. You're one day closer. It's a Christ-centered community. So how do we get the eye of the tiger back? 
How do we begin to bounce back up? How do we find our roar again? How do we find that inner strength? We have to realize that Christ has to be the center of it all. He's got to be the center of it all. Because without Jesus, man, nothing is possible. Without His Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, nothing is possible. I want you to know today that Christ is in you. Christ is with you. Christ is for you. Whether you think He's not or not, He loves you and He desires you and He is your biggest cheerleader. Listen, it's your power through prayer. It's your strength through the Word. And it's your goodness through people. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you for today. For who you are, God, we thank you for all that you have done. Lord, I pray right now for every individual in this room that may be dealing with temptation. Maybe dealing with those thoughts where they're so overwhelming, they just, they're having a hard time letting it go. And if you're in here this morning and you say, you know what, Charles, man, can you pray for me today? Because, man, I'm just kind of going through that season of life right now. I'm going through this season where the temptation, man, it's a little bit stronger than I'm able to bear. And I know the Word says that God would give me a way out, but, but Charles, man, honestly, it's hard even taking the way out. If you're in here today and say, man, can you just pray for me for strength, for boldness? to be able to move past the temptation, to be able to accept the way out. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Come on, hands all, all over the place. Father, we thank you for the hands that were lifted. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for loving us right where we are. So, Father, I pray that you would be with them today. I pray right now, Father, that you would guide them and direct them, that you would give them the strength to move on, that you would give them the power to say yes to you. Maybe you're in here today and you say, you know, man, it's hard for me to even overcome these temptations because Christ isn't the center of it all. He's not the center of my life. I've just kind of, I show up at church. I, I may even sing some songs. I talk about them, but he's truly not the center of my life. And if you're in here today and you say, you know what, man, I really want to make Christ the center of my life. I want to receive him in my heart. I want, to, I want to make him the center of it all. If you're in here today and you say, man, can you pray for me? Because I need Jesus, the center of my life. Go ahead and slip up a hand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Come on, everybody, repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Even in my darkest days, you love me. And today, I ask you in my life to be the center of it all. So Jesus, as I accept you and you accept me, from this day on, I'll never be the same again. Come on, say never, never, never. Say never, never, never. Ooh, you know what's right. It feels too good not to say it one more time. Say never, never, never. Be the same again. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Why don't we give God some praise in here this morning?
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, shoot us an email at info at RevoChurchFL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at RevoChurchFL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.